0: Hello, hello! Welcome back to Let's Talk Nudie. This week's guest is someone who I immensely admire and is a huge impact in the jiu-jitsu community all over the world. His name is Ben Kunzle, Jiu-Jitsu World Champion, ranked number two in the world and have won many international fights. He recently suffered from a spinal cord injury and currently quadriplegic, working on his recovery. His mindset and energy have completely inspired so many people, not just in the jiu-jitsu community. In this episode, we talk a little bit about his accomplishments, his incident, and mindset in order to achieve anything you want. I hope you guys enjoy and please join the conversation at nudibrand.com. So you're doing your documentary?
1: Yes, yes, we're doing the I Am Ben documentary. It tells a little bit of my life story. Mm -hmm. Um, it starts with like telling my athletic career my the guy who's doing the documentary the filming of the documentary his name is carlos joya and he's been recording me for like six seven years now as i Mm -hmm. was coming up through the ranks in the sport and then um you know obviously we there's actually video of the injury itself the security camera video okay so we're gonna see if we put that on there and then we just kind of explain the injury itself and what happened and we're gonna show the whole rehab process as well
0: wow that's incredible yeah okay so do you want to talk a little bit about your jiu-jitsu journey and how you started
1: yeah yeah so i come from a family of four siblings and i was the middle boy my sister is the oldest one then i have a big brother me and my little brother and my big brother used to beat my ass man for everything but i mean i probably deserved it half of the time yeah no way exactly and um he had a friend his name was nico and or no his name was fernando and he did jujitsu at hensel gracie weston and they, all of his friends would come over on fridays and they would like play tap out in the backyard you know mm-hmm. and his friend fernando who was like a skinny guy would go and beat the shit out of everybody and i was like bro how do you beat my brother up i want to beat him up like oh you my do. god <laughs> and he was like yo come do jujitsu and i went i did one class and i fell in love
0: no way. In in Weston? In Weston. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Okay, yeah. so everything started with Sebas.
1: <laughs> exactly. And then, um, nothing. I've, I've been training for 12 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I built my way up the ranks. I started competing when I was in like 8th grade. Um, eventually, I've been in the under 18 uh, world championship. I placed third. Mm-hmm. As an adult, I've... I was, at one point, ranked number two in the world. I've been, I've meddled in international tournaments, won international tournaments. I've won, I've uh, placed second in American nationals, you know?
0: Wow. So you've been traveling a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Do you go, where do you travel to? Like, usually, where, where are the competitions at?
1: So I've competed in Brazil. I've competed in Paraguay, because that's where I'm from. But really, the good thing is that, we're lucky enough that since we live in the U.S., a lot of the international tournaments are in the U.S. because this is where the money is for the sport, you know. So um, I've competed all around the U.S. I've been to California, New York, Texas, Vegas, Washington. Wow. You name it, and I've been there probably.
0: Wow. And how does your family feel, I guess, back then when you started really competing and all that? Were they excited? Were they scared for you?
1: So actually, um, my family didn't really want me to train. My family wanted me to play soccer, um, but I tried soccer for seven years. It wasn't for me, you know? Mm-hmm. So then one day, I convinced my mom to sign me up because she wasn't going to sign me up. But one day, she asked me to join her to do the laundry. And the laundry mat was right next to the jiu-jitsu gym. Uh. So I was like, oh, mom, I'll go with you, no problem. And then as she was in the laundry, room, I was like, mom, I'm going to be next door. And I just sat inside, and I was like, I'm not leaving till she comes to get me.
0: Wow. And then she
1: came in to get me, and the guy came in to talk to her, and she had to sign me up. But she was like, I can't take you. Um, Like, I work, so I won't be able to bring you. So she told the guy, she was like, let me not pay the registration fee because I don't think he's actually going to go through with this. Let me just pay for the first month. He's going to try it. He's not going to like it. And then that's it. It's over. And the guy was like, all right, no problem. But I just got on my bike every day, and I went every day, and she had no other choice, you know. I had, she had to sign me up,
0: yeah. Wait, and why did she think you weren't gonna do it?
1: Ah, just because it was like a 30 40 minute bike ride to go there and to come back. Oh,
0: like, you were gonna, oh, okay, okay, okay. I see. But I used
1: to ride my bike like through the storms, it was like thunderstorming, and I would, I would get a little black trash bag, I would like cut a hole for my head and pop, pop, like make little holes for my arms so they could pop out, and I would just ride through the thunderstorm to go train, you know. Wow. When you love what you do, it, it's you do it regardless.
0: Yeah, and what what sparked this love? Like, what was this one thing that you really loved about it?
1: You know, to be completely honest with you, fighting is like a, it's a way of expressing yourself. It's a way of releasing any anger. Throughout my life, whenever I found myself in a difficult situation, I would just go to fight. Like, this is a little personal, but when I found out my parents were getting a divorce, I remember I was... Um, driving back from the beach with my mom, and I hadn't seen my dad in a couple days. And I thought he was on a business trip. And then I I come back home, and my mom tells me, like, yeah, no, like, daddy's gone. And I remember I started crying. It was was late. It was, like, 10 p.m. I called my friends from the gym in Weston, and uh, one of them had mats in his garage. And I was like, yo, get the boys together. We have to train right now. Man, my friends got together at this guy's house at 11 a.m. and we beat the crap out of each other until like 12.30, 1 in the morning. And it was like everything was okay, you know?
0: Wow. It was, was... definitely a way to release exactly. all of this. That's incredible. That's exactly. so nice that you found this outlet. Because a lot of people wait until they're older to find this outlet to like use, you know? And I think that's a lot of, that's a big problem. I feel like when you are little and you can identify something that you can use physically and release the things that are happening around you that's amazing i feel you can have so much control of your life
1: exactly not to mention the fact that it's also i mean it's a fun game to play you know mm-hmm. it's uh, it's very similar to chess now that I, I can't do jiu-jitsu as much especially this week just this week alone i started like studying chess and studying the guards in chess and different ways that you could like deflect somebody's guard or things Mm -hmm. that i mean they're nerdy things but i really enjoy
0: yeah you have to think a lot behind it as you're doing it you have to be really meditating into your next step and i just want to say i took one of ben's classes a private class with julie a while ago and so much goes into it i'm like let's just you know let's let's fight let's do it like hee and they're like no you got to do this okay you got to think about your arm you got to think about where her neck is you got to do this and i'm like okay, wait, I need to concentrate, like, can not just repeat this, and it's a lot.
1: Yeah, there's also, like, there's safe ways to fight, and there's dangerous way to fight, you know. If you know how to fight, you can do it safely, and I know coming from me, it's a little ironic, but, <laughs> but, but there's actually safe ways to fight, you know, especially if, like, if you know how to position yourself and how to control somebody, but before you can control somebody else's body, you have to be able to control your own body, so it's, there's a lot that goes into, you know, coordination, mental strength, creativity,
0: yeah, of course. And you have to be body aware. Yeah, exactly. And I think that is so powerful because that's just a part of meditation, a part of you being able to completely forget about everything out there and be so in here because that's all, there's no other option. Yeah, but I mean, when somebody's trying
1: to rip your head off, the only option that you have is to defend yourself, right? That's, that's where your head mm-hmm. goes, right? Yeah. So then it's like all of your outside problems, anything that was bothering you, maybe you had a rough day at work, goes out the window
0: wow okay so for those who don't know would you mind telling a little bit about what happened
1: yeah so um about five months ago a little over five months ago i was getting ready to fight the world championship it was one week before the world championship i remember it was going to be my last hard training before the world before i went to go compete and i look around the room it was like towards the end of the training session and i see who's the hardest guy for me to fight and I see my friend Robinho, he's a he's an athlete that we brought in from Brazil or that he had come in to do his camp with us from Brazil to get ready for these big events that were coming up and so I'm training with him and I'm gonna use some Jiu Jitsu terms right now so he goes in to do a single leg takedown on me, I defend and I counter with a fireman carry which is when you like dive under the guy and you do a high crouch and you throw him over your shoulder but as I shot in under him he dropped his weight and my head was down. The mat was slippery, so I kind of slipped. And um, all of his weight came crashing down on the back of my head. And I dislocated my C5, C6 vertebrae. And so when that happened, the, I felt the. Oh my God. And I heard it. And my body just stiffened out. And I couldn't move anymore. And I remember I screamed for him to get off me. And right away, he didn't mean to hurt me. So he jumped off me right away. And I just laid there on the mat. And I couldn't feel anything below my, from my neck down pretty much. And my friends came and they started pulling my, my leg hairs to see if I could feel them and I couldn't feel anything. And the uh, c- only thing I could move was my right bicep a little bit. And so they called the ambulance right away. I haven't called my parents and my sister, you know. Um, they rushed me to the hospital. They did emergency surgery. And I guess now I'm labeled as a tetraplegic or a quadriplegic, which means that Um, I'm paralyzed pretty much from like the chest down so my triceps shouldn't really be working but they're getting better my fingers are starting to work now but not very well and um, I don't really have much movement or sensation below the line of injury which would be my chest
0: okay wow I mean I've seen obviously I've seen your progress of from day one of what happened to now and you have done so much for your body and your mind and your community how Can you tell me a little bit about how you felt when everything happened? I remember you posted a video saying, I'm going to be fine. And it, it was like you internally were like ready for the challenge. You're like, yes, let's do it.
1: I mean, to, to be completely honest with you, when this first happened to me, I didn't think that it was as serious as it was. Okay. Like I knew that I was hurt, but I was like, I'll be good in a month. And then um, I remember my, my coach came in. I w- had just gotten the surgery. I had the neck brace on. I was in the hospital. And my coach came in, and he was like, Ben, I think this is the time. Ta- Cyborg. My coach Cyborg came in, and he was like, Ben, I think this is the time for you to, um, to inspire people. He was like, this is your chance for you to show how strong you are. You know, people go through little things in life, and they, 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 get, they go through depression. Some people, you know, maybe want to kill themselves or whatever. This is a chance for you to show how strong you really are. And to inspire others through it. So he's like, let's make a video. And so he helped me make the video. And at that point, I mean, I I made my decision. You know, I was like, all right, I need to work through this. Mm -hmm. Um, Then, of course, I went through a little depression because I realized that it was going to take much longer than a month. But then the number one thing that I found that really helps me, especially when I'm going through these hard times, is just kind of accepting where we are. You know, sometimes people don't want to accept the situation that they're in. They deny, deny, deny. And then it's like they're 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 fighting their own demons every day, right? But if you just accept where you are and you decide to put your best foot forward, you can only get better, right? You can't get worse. And so that's really when you ask me like how I think I affect people, it's really just by showing them that no matter where you are in life, if you just keep striving to get better, you can only go up, right? I mean within the things that you can control, right? Granted, right. like, some things are out of your control, but you know yeah. where I'm go with this.
0: Yeah, and it's so true because I think a lot of people kind of refuse a lot of situations that they're going through, and the biggest battle is actually getting to the point of being like, okay, I'm here. I am where I'm at. I am in this situation. What can I do from here on about it? And I think your body your mind your soul kind of accepts it once you really accept it and you just go with your life and try your best but i think half the battle is accepting that
1: there's actually a good book that helps a lot of people with this it's called the untethered soul have you heard of it
0: oh my god that's so fun. i just got it from my sister she bought it for me two days ago okay i just received
1: it so i don't read i do not read books but but my um my good friend does and he's given the book to my girlfriend and everything. And it's pretty much that concept of like just letting go of any subscars that you have or anything that is hurting you, that causes you pain. Accepting and understanding that maybe like the voices in your head, that are your, your emotions. They aren't you. They're your emotions. You're simply experiencing them. So if you just objectively see them, you listen to them, you understand them, and then you decide what you're going to do, now that's a whole different perspective than the voice in your head is dictating what you're thinking.
0: Right. You have to think outside of what you are actually feeling. Exactly. Basically.
1: Like you're bigger than that. You know.
0: Mhm. Mhm.
1: And um, I guess that's the message right there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I've been talking to my sister about it because she goes through a lot of anxiety, and she read this book and. She's just telling me it's so nice to kind of see that what I actually feel sometimes when I have a panic attack or or feeling a lot of anxiety, it's not me. It's my body, it's my emotions, it's my thought pattern, but it's not actually my whole self. And she said that that has really helped her, you know, in the moment when she's having these like thought patterns or something to kind of come back and be like, no, this is not really what it is.
1: Exactly. And I mean, nobody's perfect. Like, I'm not saying that anytime anything bad happens, I just stay calm and cool and, you know, I go forward. Like, of course, I panic sometimes too, but it's, it's just when you kind of have this knowledge, it's easier for you to center yourself and uh, really reevaluate what your thoughts are, you know, so mm-hmm. that you can really move forward.
0: And it's really your thoughts. It, like, your whole world is your thoughts. It's what you really perceive your will to be—you're not actually seeing whatever it's real out there. You're just seeing how you perceive it, how your your thought patterns are, how your emotions take it, how you judge within it, how you um, how do you call it your connection to whatever you're thinking about or whatever.
1: So there's a guy that I know that um, after my injury, I remember, he came over to my house. A bunch of guys were at my house, and he has this kid has depression, and um, he was just he was bitching about his problems. And um, I remember he looked at me And he was like You probably think I'm such a pussy right now And I was like Bro Stop for a second I want you to think Problems are They all come from perspective Like the worst thing That's happened to me Is this But the worst thing That's happened to you Could be your depression bro And so The way that this made me feel When I was at my lowest point Could be how you feel right now With your depression So you can't like Compare Because it's not Apples to apples It's all about perspective in life and um, just kind of like understanding the perspective And then once again understanding, accepting the reality And then just putting the best foot forward And trying to improve it, right?
0: Right, of course So this is, this is a little personal But uh, years ago, I mean a, a lot of women go through this But, you know, body issues, body image issues are really big They're very very pre- uh, prevalent in, you know, not just for women but for men For men but as well right yeah and I've never had a problem with my body until a couple years ago and I don't know how it came about but it was like my whole world all I could think about was that waking up what am I gonna eat my calorie intake like you know how I look today blah 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 and it was my whole world was on that and every time I would hang out with people or see people all I could think about is how they feel with their bodies or my whole world was that And when I finally, you know, accepted where I am and, you know, went on this healing journey with that, about that, and now I look back and that is never on my mind anymore. Like, I I was able to kind of um, have a healthy relationship with myself and my body, but now I don't even think about that ever. And it's like not a world to me ever, like never. And... I'm so grateful, obviously, that I was able to do something like that. But I look back and I'm like, wow, I remember when this was my whole world. And yeah. it was it was a challenge that I had within myself. And I had to accept where I was and go with the challenge. And, you know, figure out ways to heal myself. And now I'm like in different challenges. Like whatever and it is. And now
1: you can still use the tips that you learned when you were going through that challenge to make your, you know, your body feel better or look better or whatever. And you can still apply that. But with a different uh, attitude, right? With the attitude of of uh, just kind of acting from love, man. Acting from self-love. That's something that I see a lot of people do not have. People don't love themselves. Yeah. They love, they love everything but themselves. But if you don't love yourself, nobody can love you.
0: Exactly. You know? And so I have a, a life coach and he tells me a lot about self-love, how a lot of things that come about to a human being any emotional things like anxiety or depression i'm not saying it stems from this but a lot comes from the lack of self-love and the first thing whenever you want to go on this healing journey whenever you want to figure out what's wrong first look at that be like do you love yourself like what do you what do you love about yourself and how can we improve this and once you have that, then go on to, like, you know, figuring other things out. But self-love is a lot of, like, the foundation of feeling good in everything in your life.
1: I truly believe that um, self-love comes from being productive. I find, because I've, I've never really suffer, suffered from any kind of, like, depression in my life. Now I have some days where I wake up and I'm a little sad like everybody else. Is. I, I think it's normal. But I find that the more productive that I am, the less that I feel this way. So if I have a day where I wake up and I go to rehab and then I go to a business meeting and then after that I come home and I, I do my physical exercise at home and I, I'm working my fingers to get better, that's me. That's what I need to get better. For somebody else, it might be, you know, going to the office or being a good father or whatever it may be. But I find that when you're productive, when you, you do good things, it's easy to love yourself. But if you like sit around all day and you feel bad for yourself or you're like in, you know, in bed all day, then man, it's, it's hard to love somebody who does that, right? Mm-hmm. Even if it is yourself. And then that's the that's, that's a perspective right there of like, in order to love yourself, you have to give yourself a reason to love yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. So you,
1: you have to be great. And then it comes back to kind of like the sport mentality of like, the champion isn't the champion the day of. The champion is the champion because he's a champion every single day. Right? The champion wakes up and he trains the same way that he's going to go compete. So when he goes to compete, it's not something ab- like out of the ordinary that he's doing. He's doing the same mm-hmm. thing that he's doing every single day. Mm-hmm. And he's building up the the mental strength and the self-love so and the confidence so that when he goes out there to perform on the big stage, he's ready to do it.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think uh, that's something that's really helped me in life as well.
0: I think discipline a. I don't know who it is. I think it's my little sister. She says discipline is a part of self-love. It's an 100%. act of self-love. Discipline is that. Whenever you want to do something in your life, a goal, whatever, first things first, discipline. Let's, yeah. let's figure out your habits. Let's figure out you ha- if you have to wake up at 5.30 in the morning, whatever. Let's, let's figure it out and do it every single day.
1: Yeah, it's always important to have a plan, to have goals, right? I have, um, as an athlete... Growing up, you know, it's very it's very easy to like just kind of like, oh, I'm just gonna train, I'm gonna train, I'm gonna train. But you have to really break down everything. You have to break down uh, how many hours am I gonna train? When am I training for? What's my goal? Wh- where do I want to be in one year? Where do I want to be in three years? Where do I want to be in five years? Okay, if I want to be here in five years, what's my three year plan gonna be? What's my one year plan gonna be? How do I build up to get to each of those things? You know, mm-hmm. um, I think planning is really important. You know, and and having a clear, concise plan can be difficult because a lot of people maybe don't know what it is that they want to do. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's, that's where the difficult part comes, I think, like identifying what it is that you want to do with your life. I think that's a lot of people, they, they get lost with that.
0: 100%. That's exactly what happened to me, you know? And even when you decide, sometimes you decide out of the wrong reasons. And then, you know, the, you, know you just go and you make your goals and all this stuff and then you realize wait what's happening you know but let me ask you so what who were your biggest idols you know when you were starting your journey with jiu-jitsu
1: so honestly when you asked me when i was starting my journey i didn't know anything about jiu-jitsu right i i just i didn't have idols i mean i love my coaches because they were like they were the face of the sport to me Mm -hmm. right especially um juan rodriguez he was my coach when i was a little kid man that guy if you ask me when I started Jiu-Jitsu, that guy was like, he was he was the man growing up to me. And then as I when I moved to Miami, I actually, I remember I went to every, not every single, but I went to a lot of the major gyms in Miami to train at. And everywhere I went, um, everybody hyped me up. Like, oh, you're going to be world champion, you're going to be world champion. And I went to this gym called Fight Sports Miami. And I, I pull up and they put me to train with a girl and this little girl kicks my butt. And I'm like, bro, everywhere I go, like, I'm the best. And now I have this little girl's kick beating me up. Like, what is this? This is clearly mm-hmm. the best place to train. Little did I know that gym is one of the best gyms in the world. And they introduced me to, like, the sport jiu-jitsu on a higher level. And that's where I started seeing, like, who the big names are and started really training with the, some of the best guys in the world. And um, my number one idol is probably side Work, my coach. Primarily because I've seen everything that he's gone through, and a lot of times, um, I mean, I see him. He has to deal with everybody else's problems, not only his. He has to deal when you're the leader of a big organization. You know, some people make mistakes, and when those mistakes get exposed to the public, who's the face of the organization? The leader. Right. So he's the one that's gonna get all that backlash. You know. So imagine like dealing with everybody's mistakes, having to deal with your own life, and still having to run a huge organization where you're having to coach a bunch of athletes and still being able to perform at the highest level in the sport itself. That's insane to me. So I respect that guy because he has so much on his plate and he does it with so much grace.
0: Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And so let's talk about the jujitsu community and, you know, the relationship with the ego. I know Scott talks about it a lot. Um, and I just want to know what you think about it.
1: Um, I think ego is essential. I think ego is important. I think a good ego is an ego that comes from self-love. I think a good ego is an ego because look at a room of champions in any industry, whether it be in sports, in work, the kid with the best grades in school, why are they the best?
0: They're competitive and they know they can do it.
1: They're competitive. They know they can do it. They want to prove it to themselves. Maybe they want to prove it to others. If you want to prove it to others, that's a bad ego. If you want to prove it to others, maybe now you're, it's you're acting from insecurity. Mm, right? Okay. Now your ego might be damaging you. Maybe it's helping you in the, grand, like, in the way people look at you, but deep down you're probably broken.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now if you're doing it for yourself, you're doing it because you love yourself. You're doing it because you want to be the best. That's a totally different perspective. I think that's a healthy ego. I think that if you look at a room, any room with the best people in that industry, they can be the best in any industry that they choose simply because of the fact that they want to be the best for themselves.
0: Okay. And how can you... Well, how have you been able to identify You know, when you have your ego and it's coming from a good place or when it's coming from a bad place?
1: I don't know if I've ever really been like the jealous types in terms of like wanting to have things that others don't uh, how do how can i rephrase that um i don't know man i've always really loved myself <laughs> if i can be completely honest with you i've, I've never i've i've always loved myself I, I guess i come from a big family that's like I, i've always had a good support system mm-hmm. right and um being the middle child is kind of interesting too Because, like, I always got beat up by my big brother, so that kept me humble. But I had a little brother to beat up, so that gave me something to be confident (laughs) about, too.
0: You had a balance.
1: Yeah, I had a balance, you know. But the issue was, like, my big brother beat me up. I beat up my little brother. He cried to my big brother. My big brother beat me up again. So I kind of got... Which is kind of the reason that I started doing jiu-jitsu. But I'm not answering your question. I'm trying to think of how I can. Can you repeat the question?
0: Yeah. Well, so the difference between having, you know, making decisions or feeling you know, where is coming this good ego versus like a bad ego or like, you know, it's coming from a bad place. What I realized when I'm a very, um, I love competing with myself. I love like figuring out what, what is the best way to do this for myself or whatever, whatever I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've come to recognize that sometimes when I'm feeling this like ambition to do something and if I feel like I don't feel good, like I feel like it's like a very like negative or like oh like something out of lack or something is because it's coming from either my insecurities or like like what you said jealousy or something that is not aligned with really what makes me happy and then when I ever want to do something and I, and I feel ambition and I want to go hard on it and everything and it, it comes from like I want to feel good or like i want i want to do this because i love myself or or all this now that's like i know that i know this is good.
1: so why do people do things what do people act people usually act out of a either out of fear right and when you act out of fear i think that's a bad ego right so um there's something i actually went through it uh for a while right i was I wanted to be the champion so bad in my career for a long time, but I was scared to lose. And you can never have anything that you're scared to lose. In life, if you if you if you if you're scared, then you're acting out of fear. You're 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 second guessing. You're thinking twice. Mm-hmm. That's the bad ego. That's the ego that'll make you lose. That's the ego that when you're second guessing, you're not confident. Boom, you're gonna make a mistake. That your opponent's gonna catch you, right? Where when you're, if you want to be the champion for yourself and you have confidence, right? You have confidence in your training. So I think that the answer then comes, sorry, my hands all over the place. But I no, think that the, the answer is ego comes. I'm thinking of sports right now. I'm, I'm going to apply it from jiu-jitsu, okay? If you don't train, right, but you go to compete and you want to win, you're going to doubt yourself. So if you're properly prepared and you trained well, you're going to go in there and you're going to do it confidently, right? Now, the question is, oh, I don't think I'm ready, but are you putting in the work every day, right? And that can be applied to anything in life. Are you putting in the work every day? Are you working hard? Are you, for you on this podcast, right? For you to develop this podcast, you told me in the beginning, you were like, um, oh, editing. I started off with editing, right? Which for me, for example, that's the scariest part for me because I have no idea how to edit, right? So if I were going to do my podcast and I didn't have my, my partner, Carlos, who does all the editing for me, that would be what's holding me back. That would be something that's like a bad ego. That would be like a fear that I'd be like, oh, I don't know if I should do this because I don't know how to edit and it's not going to come out the best, you know? So sometimes, too, it, it takes a village as well. It sometimes, does, too, yeah. it's important to, like, accept help and just um, acknowledge that, like, it's okay that if if this is my strength, I'm going to build on this and I'm going to have somebody else do the part that I can't do and then I can learn from them and then you guys can go together and build a team, you know?
0: Yes. I I love that you reference back to fear because that's so true. Like sometimes a lot of people act out of fear and choose, you know, their life decisions with with fear and that's because they they have so much lack of, of love of like being able to believe in themselves and being able to be disciplined and do the work behind it. And that that's really cool that you're like, well, I trained and I, I tried, I, I did my best and this is it. This is what I can offer. You know?
1: Yeah. I have a lot of friends who are religious. I'm not very, I'm not the most religious in terms of like, um, like I, I mean, I don't really go to church. I, I would like to think that there's a God, but I mean, maybe it's just like energies. That's what my grandma used to always tell me that like, it's 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 energies and it's frequencies and it's vibes and the energy that you give off is what you get. But I have a lot of very religious friends and um, they tell me that like everything is predestined. So they don't really sweat it. They're not nervous. They're not scared to lose because they're like, bro, the result is already predestined. I'm just going to go out there and do my best. And my best is... I mean, if God thinks it's enough, then it's enough. And that's an interesting perspective as well, you know?
0: That's interesting because I think... Yes, you need to have faith. You know, things are going to work out. The world is working out for you, all of that. But I also think, like, believing that everything is predestined and you don't have to put a lot of effort into things. I I don't know. I mean, do you think that works? Especially, like, you know, in, in being an athlete, how how would you take that in?
1: No, no, no. If you don't put effort, then God can't help you and remember i'm not religious but (laughs) no yeah (laughs) but 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 Mm -hmm. if you don't put the effort in then god can't help you because you're not doing your part god's doing his half you have to meet him at the middle you know you have to put in the work you have to grind you have to while everybody's out partying you have to be resting so you can be fresh the next day you know yeah things of that nature
0: what motivates you
1: right now today yes I just want, I know my potential because I know where I've been. I know my, I mean, I've, I don't I don't think I reached my maximum potential, but I was in peak shape. I was like super strong, 23 years old, full of testosterone, running around, lifting weights, choking my friends, get working, getting on the roofs, you know? I know what my body's capable of, and I know where I am now. And I mean, I built it to what it is capable of before, so I'm just doing it again from scratch, you know? Mm -hmm. I guess what motivates me is the self-love and not accept. I mean, understanding my reality, accepting it that it is today, but the chapter, what you're going through today is a chapter in the book of life. It's not the final chapter, right? And you're the author in your life, so, you know, be the superhero. Make yourself a superhero in your book. And I guess that's what I'm trying to do, to get back on my feet and just be the best version of myself possible.
0: Of course. And do you want to talk a little bit about your your physical training routine? How has that helped you, you know, mentally and physically?
1: My physical training routine? So I go to a bunch of different rehab facilities, actually. I don't mm-hmm. just do one. I train with um, the people in Jackson, right here in the hospital. Um that one is like the government helps fund it, and it's a, a little bit, um, so you see a little bit of everything, right? You see like the gang members who got shot. There's actually a kid I met, I'm not gonna give his name, but um, he was driving on the highway, and he was doing some sketchy shit and with some gang stuff, and the ops ran up on him mid-highway, like I don't know if it was I-95 or something, but they shot 12 bullets into his car. One of them hit him in the spinal cord, he's paralyzed now.
0: Wow,
1: He's like 18 years old, 19 years old. So you you get to see some pretty crazy things. Um, But every place that I go to is different, right? Like, I find that Jackson is great in terms of, like, helping you live with my disability. But I don't find a lot of times that um, they're really helping me get better in terms of, like getting stronger, you know? Mm-hmm. They just, they're just they giving me ways to adapt. They're helping me get tools to live the way that I am. Where I go to other places, like um, there's a, f- a rehab facility up in Deerfield, which is called Barwis. And this rehab facility actually comes from a football coach called Mike Barwis, who I believe he was uh NCAA, like he was a football coach for one of the top teams of the NCAA. And one of his athletes that he recruited that he, from the draft or whatever, um, had a spinal cord injury and couldn't join the team. And so what he did was, he was like, all right, I'm going to train the team and while they're training to play football, you're going to be training to walk again. And after I don't know how many years, eventually, he trained this guy to walk again. And this Uh guy is walking and he's functioning. And so he developed, he took the system that he applied for this guy and he opened up a gym in Deerfield where it's an open gym where normal people go and they train like all level athletes, from rookie athletes to a bunch of pro athletes go mm-hmm. there as well. And they have spinal cord injury patients or people who have neuro- neurological conditions go there as well. And that's where I find that I develop the most. That's where I find where I gain strength. I've, I went there on my evaluation and I thought I couldn't move anything but on my legs. When they asked me, they were like, can you move your legs? I was like, no, I can't move my legs. And then they were like, are you sure? You can't move anything at all, nothing? And I was like, no, nothing, look. And I tried to move and I couldn't move. Mm-hmm. And they laid me down on the bed and they had me, uh, they put my leg in a certain way and they were like, try to rotate it inward. And I rotated it inward, it was like a little twitch. Mm-hmm. But I remember when my leg twitched, I, I started crying because I was like, man, I did that. Yeah. I, I, I made my leg twitch, like what? And um, that place helps me a lot. I go there three times a week. I do a two-hour session every time I go. Uh, and then I also do a bunch of therapy at home, too. You know, I, I bought a standing frame now. So there's a little, there's a little standing frame that I, I can stand up. And if I push my arms, it moves my legs for me. So it's like a, it's like a little elliptical. Oh, it's like yeah. I'm walking okay. in place. Mm-hmm. Um, now I can start to do a plank now a little bit. I, I get on my hands and knees or on my elbows and knees. Mm -hmm. And I can like hold my body in place and then my girlfriend will come and she'll like push my hips around and I have to like hold them. So it's a every month there's a big jump in progress, you know, and I just find that the more work that you do is important, but it's also important to let your body rest as well.
0: Mm -hmm. And from those whole progress that you've been going through, what has been the biggest, I guess like the twitch was something that really changed your mindset. Would you say that you were like, wow, wait, like, let's get into this or what would you say something that happened that kind of really made you be like I'm gonna do this more like motivated you to keep going and so and when I was in,
1: when I was in the hospital still I remember my body was like way more less way less functioning than it is now right and I remember I had a good friend called Dino he's a boxing coach he actually runs the gym where Muhammad Ali used to train at when he trained here in Miami
0: wow yeah
1: yeah, yeah. it's a big gym he has a bunch of pro fighters and um, he came in one day and was like hey you can kind of move your arms right and I was starting to move my arms he's like alright bro we're gonna box and he brought me some pads and I started like trying to hit the pads and at first I would like just tap the pads Mm -hmm. right and now today um, you know he was like it was something to do so now today I'm five months out and I mean I've learned a bunch of boxing skills that I never had before I can throw like pretty decent combinations and it's just keeping yourself busy you know keeping yourself busy keeping yourself productive i think is the most important thing it all goes back to the same thing at the end of the day right Right. yeah and having a good support system that'll that'll keep you busy because sometimes especially when you're feeling down it's easy to stay in bed man it's so easy like how many how many days do you wake up and you're like ah i just want to be here today but you have to force yourself to get out of bed and go do things give yourself a reason to love yourself
0: yeah of course wow and out of all of this, what would you say has been, like, your number one support? Has it been your community? I know that d- the Jiu-Jitsu community has been such a great, you know, support system for you. But what would you say was, like, that, that thing that helped you, you know, every day get up and motivate you to, like, you know, do everything?
1: You know, from the beginning, like, from when it started until today, I, I couldn't tell you one thing it's been a group effort it's been a community effort it's been uh i remember when i woke up from the surgery i opened my eyes and i had my friend kodiak was like in my face with a big smile what's up bruh? <laughs> It it's the first time i was like holy shit <laughs> that's know? amazing yeah exactly Just things like that um my girlfriend's a big help she helps me all the time my mom was here for months my mom runs a century 21 in paraguay i think it's called wilson chian Century 21 or whatever and it's actually the biggest real estate um company in paraguay
0: wow and
1: yeah yeah She actually since the divorce like when she divorced my dad she didn't have any much i think she had like 20k and um she took all that went to paraguay opened the business and she popped off thankfully wow yeah yeah she's a boss bitch (laughs) <laughs> she is she really is <laughs> she, ever
0: since little I remember going over and I would be so intimidated by her with Julia I'm like your mom's a boss bitch <laughs>
1: yeah um and she l- dropped everything she let her business partner kind of hold the fort for like four months and she came over here mm-hmm. and she just took care of me full time mm-hmm. I mean did everything for me
0: wow that's so amazing
1: and then you know my friends the jiu community man they've They've donated a lot of money. They've helped me with a lot of my medical expenses. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's really nice, man. I honestly think I'm blessed. I see a lot of people going through the same thing that I'm going through, and they don't have the support that I have. Yeah. You know.
0: Of S- course, oh my God! Like, I know that you have always been very community based. Like, you you've always loved to like do different things and like help others, and especially being a teacher. You would help so many young people, you know, develop their skills and all that stuff. I think, like you said, like it comes back to you. Like whatever you put out, you're getting back. You're getting this back. And I remember going to the event at um at the gym. Yeah. You remember? Like it was like huge and all that. And I remember talking to your mom, and I'm like, "How do you feel?" Cause she, I don't know, her face was just like shocked, kind of. Like, how do you feel? Like this is awesome. And she's like, "I'm really, I'm shocked. Like, I'm, I'm surprised." And I'm like. I'm not like (laughs) I knew this was going to create this amazing union of a community. And you've done that and you're going to keep doing it and it's going to keep growing. And I'm just so excited for your journey. Like, you know, everything that happened and all that stuff. But you are meant to do many, many big things. And this is happening, you know?
1: Yeah, there's only room to get better, right?
0: Yeah. And I have a new Frenchie with you. Yeah, she's a good (laughs) friend. But uh, yeah, do you have anything else to say? Do you have any advice for others that are struggling, you know, with motivation or or even something that happened with them that they might not believe that they can surpass it or get over it or whatever it is?
1: I'm going to go back to what I said earlier in the podcast. Just remember that the chapter in your life that you're going through right now, which is just a chapter, it's not the last chapter. So just get out of bed and go keep writing your book. And make sure that you make your character a superhero and not just some random guy, you know?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much, Ben, for being here today. Of course. Thank you for having me, Dennis. Thank you.